Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with HR, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the HR status quo and how people are organized, engaged, and motivated to create real business impact. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. This is Changing the Game with HR Radio. Proud to say this is the debut of Season 3. Yes, they're back. So many important topics, so timely and so impactful for all of our audience around the world. They're in a new time slot. We're here 2 p.m. Eastern. I think it's 11 a.m. Pacific. So hello to you who are just getting ready to have breakfast or lunch on the west coast of the U.S. Let's see what the opening quote is. We found a quote from a lady named Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N-M, Biro or Biro, B-I-R-O. She's an HR tech analyst, author, and brand strategist, and she founded a company called Talent Culture in 2008, and she's a high-tech talent recruiter. Here's the quote. If HR wants to continue to play a critical role in helping businesses anticipate and manage organizational change, it must have technology at its core. Just let that sink in. We've got a couple of keywords there. HR, business, organizational change, and technology. Put them all together and let's talk about our topic today, which officially is digitalization. Yes, I learned to pronounce it. And HR, who is leading the transformation? So we've been hearing about this concept of digitalization. You may have heard the word digitizing, digitalizing. We're going to talk about the forum called digitalization in the workplace. So many people talk about this that it's become a buzzword, but most of us aren't really sure what it is. Does it mean automating HR processes? Well, maybe it does to reshape the modern human resources practice. But beyond this, there is a lot more. What does it really, really mean to digitalize HR and to give your workforce the tools they need to drive true business transformation throughout your organization? Big topic. We have an important panel of three experts who are going to help us figure it out. First up in a moment, I'll be introducing you to a newcomer, Debbie Millen, M-I-L-L-I-N, Chief Operating Officer at Globalization Partners, and she works with Nicole Sahin, who's been on the series many times, so hello to Debbie. Joining her is another newcomer, it's Kristen Starodub, S-T-A-R-O-D-U-B. She's a leader in HR transformation, SAP Success Factors practice at Deloitte Consulting. And a shout out to all of her colleagues at Deloitte, including Carla Neal, who helps us find wonderful people like Kristen. And rounding out the panel is our own Dr. Patty Fletcher, author of the best-selling book, and it keeps her busy touring the world, I think, right now, called Disruptors, Success Strategies from Women Who Break the Mold. She is officially in her day job, leadership futurist at SAP Success Factors, and Patty sponsors this series. So let's go around the table. Welcome to our three panelists. Debbie Millen sent us a quote, very interesting, six little words that pack a punch and are still relevant from Shakespeare. That's right, William Shakespeare, English poet, playwright, actor, regarded as the greatest writer in the English language and the world's preeminent dramatist. His plays have been translated into every major living language and perform more often than any other playwright's work. Here's the quote, to thine own self be true. Debbie Millen, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? 
I'm good, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having me today. We're delighted to have you. Talk to me how you picked this quote. We're talking about technology, digitalization, human resources, HCM, human capital management, and you brought me a quote from Shakespeare. You have to put it together for me. Go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, it's my favorite quote and my personal motto. I've, I've tried to live this way before I even knew what this quote was, staying true to myself from the playground to the boardroom. But as it relates to this topic, as HR teams continue to have to balance technology with a human touch, I really think they need to stay true to their company values and culture to implement digitalization in a way that really fits who they are as a company. So tell me something. When you say to your, thy own self be true, are we talking about HR leadership? Are we talking about people who are under the purview, meaning anybody in a company? And who decides what that own self is? Is it everybody for him or herself? We're talking about millennials who want different kinds of values than workers and other preceding demographic cohorts wanted. Whose self mm -hmm. are we being true to? Is it just the brand or is it everybody? Well, to some extent, I think it's a little bit of everyone. Everyone should be true to themselves. But I think in reference to this, it's HR teams are really there to support the company culture. And that culture is driven by, and the values are driven by the management team and by the team as a whole. So I really think it's more, I was speaking more to the collective of the company value. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. We have a lot more to speak with you about. And welcome again, Debbie. And now let's turn to Kristen Straub-Dub at Deloitte Consulting. And she has sent us a lovely quote from Michelle Obama, who coincidentally, Kristen, was also quoted with a different quote on my show this morning. And here's the one you selected. Michelle Obama, Michelle LaVon Robinson Obama, young lady born in 1964. I think that's young. American lawyer, Harvard Law School, 1985 to 88, and served as the first lady of the U.S. from 2009 to 2017. I don't know if a lot of people know she graduated from Princeton University as well as Harvard Law. And she worked as the Associate Dean of Student Services at the University of Chicago and the VP for Community and External Affairs of the University of Chicago Medical Center. I didn't know that till Wikipedia told me. Here's the quote. Success is only meaningful and enjoyable if it feels like your own. Mm -hmm. Kristen, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm doing well, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. Delighted to have you. So talk to me about the quote. What do we mean? Absolutely. So when Mrs. Obama gave this quote when she was speaking um, at Oregon State and giving the commencement address, she really touched on that in her life growing up, you mentioned some of her accolades and some of her educational achievements. She had achieved many of the traditional markers of success, but really mm -hmm. didn't feel that she was all that fulfilled. It wasn't personal to her. It wasn't meaningful to her to really take on those leadership roles in her law firm or in some of the other organizations she had worked for. And it wasn't truly until she went after her passion and left that lucrative job for something else that really defined success for her that it became enjoyable and it felt like her own. When I think about that quote and that topic as it relates to the, what we're talking about today with digitalization for HR, similar to what Debbie was saying, I really feel like HR needs to ensure that the, the markers of success that they're defining as they go on this digital journey are really ones that are meaningful for their organization. They are moments that matter to their employees, part of the mm -hmm. culture that defines and makes their organization unique, and not just what traditionally may be out there in the market defining success for a digital transformation journey. 
Thank you very much. Very insightful. I was particularly intrigued by the word enjoyable Mm -hmm. in the quote. When we're talking about digitalization, we're talking tech. We're talking tools. We're talking automation. We're talking things that weren't around for HR. I know Patty will address this. Uh, It weren't around for HR not that long ago. And now we're saying you are supposed to enjoy it. Maybe you're supposed to enjoy the success that comes from using those. Any thoughts about is all of this digitalization supposed to be fun for people? And and maybe the answer is yes. Kristen, any thoughts on that? No, I think, Bonnie, in, in terms of enjoyable for this digitalization, it really becomes about the employee experience. We've, we've uh, started to look at organizations and, and direct them to have a customer focus. Well, HR's customers are their employees of the organization. And so when we think about employees enjoying and engaging at work, you know, there are a number of measures of success that show that engaged employees are more successful and therefore lead to stronger business results. So I think if we translate it in that way and say that if, empl- if what HR is doing to digitalize truly drives employee interaction and employee engagement, then it does become enjoyable. Thank you. That's where I was hoping you would go. Very appreciated, Kristen, the engagement. And that's really ultimately what it's all about, isn't it? Whether you have the tools, you don't have the tools, how you teach people to use them, how you organize your HR function, what your goals are to support the business. You need your employees to stay engaged or you don't have a company. So thank you, Kristen, and welcome again. Dr. Patty Fletcher has alighted from her worldwide travels to be home for our show today. We're happy to have you back, Patty. We've missed you. And Patty, again, is touring with her new book, Disruptors, Success Strategies from Women Who Break the Mold. And Patty is one of those women. Patty has sent us a quote from somebody whose name I can't pronounce or spell, but I'll give it a try. <laughs> Shunryu Suzuki. I got the Suzuki. S-H-U-N-R-Y-U. I actually have the Asian spelling for that, but I'm not going to try. It's a Dharma name. Uh, he's also often called Suzuki Roshi. R-O-S-H-I. That's much easier for me to pronounce. 1904 to 1971, he was a Soto Zen monk and teacher who was credited with popularizing Zen Buddhism in the United States. He founded the first Buddhist monastery outside Asia. It was called the San Francisco Zen Center, which with its affiliate temples comprises one of the most influential Zen organizations in the U.S. And a book of his teachings is called Zen Mind beginner's mind. Here's the quote. You thought I'd never get to it, Patty. Here we go. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. Patty Fletcher, how have you been? I have been fine, but missing you and the show. So I'm very happy to be back. You're a dear for saying that. So talk to me. How did you find, are you a follower? I'm not looking for personal information here, but you are a follower of Zen. Have you read Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind? And and how I in the have. world did you pick this? You Talk to me. What was well, it like? One, well, I picked it because I wanted to hear how you would pronounce his first name because I don't know. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> Um, but but I do believe in a beginner's mindset for all of the reasons um, that Kristen and, and Debbie said, right? We are facing a paradigm shift with HR. And the show was really, um, was this brainchild of is digitalization driving HR? Is HR driving digitalization from the people's perspective, right? And so here's the thing. We absolutely, in the business world, especially in the Western world, come from a place of solutions before we understand the challenge or the opportunity. 
And so that leads us to do things like, let's go to the cool tool before really understanding what are we actually trying to do? What are we trying to solve? What opportunity that's new and different are we trying Mm -hmm. to enable our people to be able to do? So we need to step back. And also because if we look at the, the trends of the world, right, going from the first to the second industrial revolution, the technology component was all about, um, getting rid of the stuff people don't want to do, um, Mm -hmm. and then being able to do more of it. And now that we're moving from the third, which was all about the the automation, um, and now to digitalization, it is about replacing decisions, right, which means blurring the lines between technology and people, which means shifting a mindset from how do people interact with technology to how does technology interact, how does the machine more specifically interact with people. When we went to ERP back in the day, and I'm, I'm not sure if my um, fellow guests um, were living in the, the technology world, but when we, I would go out and I would sell ERP um, and HR software, companies wanted to just replicate what they did manually, right? And back then, we didn't really know that we were supposed to collect data. That didn't come until later, so we looked at that differently. We're seeing the same thing in the digitalization world with cloud. There is a solution focus versus a beginner's mind focus, where mm-hmm. you are, have a learning culture, where you're trying to learn and understand what those commercial opportunities are and how your workforce, which the complexity of the workforce because of the increasing diversity and that's not going anywhere in the digitalization piece, really have so many opportunities, but also results in analysis paralysis in a world where many mm-hmm. HR people are still stuck on compliance and transactions. So it, it requires a I don't know but I am willing to go find out and essentially relearn the world of HR. Relearn the world of HR. Patty, that probably is uh, put possibly very threatening to people who've been doing it, as you mentioned, for a long, long yep. time. Do they yep. get the need? Do they want to be on board for that change? We're talking change management in the most serious way. I remember back in the day, I won't mention the company or the people, when I worked for an organization that was so tightly held by one person who sat next to the president that she instructed HR not to give me a review for three years, not to talk to me. She controlled everybody and everything, and HR was simply paralyzed. There was not, we're talking in the in the mid-80s, there was not a lot of software back in those days, Patty. Things were done on a personal, vindictive basis based on who liked you and who didn't. So old guard HR, and I'm, I'm not mentioning ages, I'm just thinking of longevity in the profession, if you will. Uh, are they saying, oh, thank God, we can democratize to a degree. We can do more for the business. We can treat people with more respect because we have tools that will support us and it's not going to be who we like and who we don't like. I'm sorry to be long-winded, Patty, but tell me, is this something that people are on board with who've been around? It depends. So it depends on the industry, it depends on the type of company, and it obviously depends on the leader. The truth Mm -hmm. is, in the fourth industrial revolution, you will go out of business if that employee experience that Kristen talked about is not front and center. Why? Because there is actually more talent than... um, than it than is needed, but they have opportunities. They have more jobs to choose from. So that's mm-hmm. that's number one. Number two is Kristen had said that HR's customer is the employee. 
Yes. HR's customer traditionally has not been the employee. It's been the corporation. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake. And we've seen that, right? And we've seen some of the repercussions, particularly over the last 18 months. Right. So the answer is probably um, what I have personally seen in the, all the customers that I meet with and all the CHROs that I meet with and certainly um, CEOs. First of all, the CEO has to anoint HR to play this role. HR has to have a seat at the table, right, just like the CFO does with a bunch of business functions and says, here's our pot of money, where are we growing, where are we divesting, and therefore, right, and get everybody on the, the same page as close as possible, never going to be fully. It's the same thing for HR. And those who are in those strategic kinds of positions, um, absolutely they want to know. But so many folks are still at the transaction level where they're still yeah. just worried about getting the right faster data in the system. So it, it really, really depends. The The opportunity is now to step back. For those who fully understand that they have to have the right experience, which is conducive to the brand, blah, 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 all that stuff, essentially replicate the customer experience back to the in, employee and employee or contractors, payroll, you know, you name it, right, interns. Um, that they don't fall in love with the tools and applications, and instead they're working from a place of what business are we in, is what we're doing today serving where we want to be tomorrow, and that includes the tools, the platform, the strategy, all that kind of stuff. We are still in the early stages of that. So it's it's those who are ready are ready but still need their mindsets um, shifted and it's great for us on the phone to talk about it, but when you have a, an established organization with a bunch of people in it, right, and infrastructures, mm-hmm. and we, some of us believe the org chart as we know it will go away and that kind of stuff, um, it's hard to pragmatically do it. HR is in a position right now, which is unfortunately between a rock and a hard place because corporate wants the predictability and the compliance of an orchestra, but they also want the innovation of a jazz band, right? The flexibility, Mm -hmm. the the scalability, me to be able to bring my full self to work, which means one size does not fit all. So um, not a lot of folks are thinking that, and, and a lot fewer are actually practicing that. But we are seeing some good ones like Siemens do some pretty cool things. Thank you, Patty. Always a reality check with you. I am tweeting the following, uh, quoting you, HR's customer is the employee today, not the corporation, not as in caps. HR is between a rock and a hard place. You okay with that? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Just went out to the Twittosphere. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you, Patty. Let's circle around the table. I have a couple of personal questions, not too personal, as I tell my guests on our prep call, Debbie Millen. Mm-hmm. Love to know where approximately you are. We don't need the Google map coordinates of your office door or your house. And we'd love to know what's your favorite drink in the whole wide world. That's our What's in Your Cup Today segment. And we want to know what do you do at Globalization Partners. Go ahead, Debbie. Sure. Well, I am calling in today from downtown Boston, my favorite city in the world. Um, In terms of what is in my cup today, my kids gave me a sign for Mother's Day that really sums me up. It is coffee days and whiskey nights. So since it is still the day... (laughs) Wait a minute, Debbie, Debbie, how old are your kids? They're in college. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just, just, no comment. Sorry. Go ahead. We'll, we'll try to delete that. Please tell me more. <laughs> um, so I still do have coffee because it is the daytime, but I do, uh, I do enjoy a, a nice whiskey in the evening and especially look forward to fall in New England because we get delicious apple cider, which I love to have hot or cold with a little Tennessee fire cinnamon whiskey in there with 
cinnamon sugar on the rim, and it's like drinking an apple pie. Tennessee Fire Whiskey. I got to Google that while you tell me what you do at Globalization Partners. Please get me back on topic here. We're just all, I'm chatting with Aaron, our engineer, and we're saying, what? Coffee days and whiskey nights. This is really cool. I'm sorry. I warned you we have fun. But go ahead. Seriously, what, what do you do with Nicole's organization? Sure. Um, so I am the chief. My day job is I am the chief operating officer at Globalization Partners. Uh, we are a global PEO, meaning um, we have we help U.S.-based companies the, around the world who are wanting to hire folks in countries where they do not have an entity set up. We have a legal mm-hmm. infrastructure around the world that allows us to do that. So as the CEO, COO, excuse me, I get to do a little bit of everything. I get to work with all the different departments. And really, uh, I like to say that my, my job is taking all the pieces of the puzzle and putting it together. Well, thank you very much. I'm sure your your uh, whatever it is your your mantra from your kids helps you do that. That's great. Thank you very much. And again, give Nicole my regards. And now let's go a little bit around the table to Kristen Stardub. And Kristen, we'd love to know where you are, what you love to drink, and what is your role at Deloitte Consulting. Talk to me. Sure, absolutely. So I am sitting in Washington, D.C. today, and a little bit like Debbie, I um, am sitting with a cup of coffee and a bottle of water with me today, but looking forward to uh, later this evening in a nice bottle or a glass of wine. Um, one of my favorite things recently is learning more about um, the Napa Valley region of wine in particular and have some good friends, local family uh, vineyard owners that have really turned me on to just all mm. of the process of winemaking and, and the business side of it as well. So it's been intriguing and interesting, and I get to enjoy a lot of great wine as well. Very, very nice. Do you have a favorite something you'd like to share with us, a favorite winery, a favorite vineyard, a, a label? You're allowed to do that. Uh, sure. So the Fontenoa family, Jeff and Karen, are local um, vineyard owners in, in Napa, and I really plug them. They were on the very leading edge of one of the fires last year in Napa, and, and fortunately um, out, mm. came out you know, doing really well in, in vineyard and family home and everything saved on their property, but really appreciate um, the, the effort that they put in and, and how nicely that they, they work with all of their um, wine club members and, and guests that come to see them. Thank you very much. And what do you do at Deloitte Consulting? You know, uh, last year, I think, or the year before, we had over 20 different thought leaders like you mm-hmm. coming from Deloitte on our various Game Changer shows. So we're very happy to meet you. You're our newest member of the Deloitte family. So tell me what your role is. Thank you for that. Yes, I'm really glad to be here. I know it's an exciting opportunity that many of my colleagues have participated in. Mm-hmm. I work within Deloitte's human capital practice. So I focus on working with our clients to design um, HR transformation solutions, particularly um, enabled by SAP success factors in many cases, but with a, a, a lens on how they can activate their digital HR organization drive sustained business performance by bringing together all aspects of human capital. So whether it's the strategy, the organization and processes, the programs, the enabling technology solutions, I look to help them understand how through a combination of all of those aspects of their HR service delivery model, they can truly transform not only their HR organization, but lead from the front to drive business transformation. Thank you very much. Pleasure to meet you and glad your favorite vineyard and your people in Napa Valley are safe. And Dr. Patty Fletcher, you're back home, I understand, which is in the Boston area. And if you just want to drop a couple of city names, where has your book tour taken you briefly and what are you drinking these days? (laughs) 
well, I'm an ape. I can I can go to these different places because of what I'm drinking. So Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> says that America runs on Dunkin'. Well, so does Patty. Um, so I am <laughs> well done. My, Very my nicely candy. done. <laughs> <laughs> I coffee with almond milk, um, and um, I am not as sophisticated as my fellow guests in terms of my nighttime beverage. Um, but Debbie, next time we go out, I will be watching closely. Um, and whole new level of admiration for you. Um, and by the way, Debbie is mentioned in the book. Um, so take a look there. Um, but um, I typically at night like a Prosecco or a Champagne. And my favorite is the Widow Clicquot, the Vouve Clicquot from France. I love it so much. And Sophia in terms of the, um, in terms of the Prosecco, which is Sophia Coppola's um, uh, vineyard. So I've been everywhere. Um, I've been London. I've been California multiple times. Um, going up to Canada. I've been invited down to Latin America. I'll be going over to Asia next year um, and doing these kinds of talks, um, not just for gender equity, but also really the future of work um, and the future of leadership, which is, as you know, my one of my key true passions and, and is kind of all part of the same thing. And so the State Department has asked me, um, organizations um, like the Armenian International Women's Association, so um, anything from corporate to nonprofit to government. And what I love is that they're focusing in on this topic around the new world order when it comes to the future of work and what that looks like and the technology piece. And they're moving from the why to the how, which is why, Mm -hmm. Kristen, your work is so important, right, and why Globalization Partners enables that, especially for the more emerging markets. It's absolutely critical, and what's exciting as a futurist is to see all of these different trends around enterprise, around the, the, the fourth industrial revolution, around technology, around people, and, and all that goes with it. Therefore, the roles that we play um, come together and that people want to talk about it, but they also want to be part of it, even if they don't know how. Thank you, Patty. I'm just marveling at how graciously you weave in your colleagues on the panel, the people you invited into your conversation, and I'm sure they appreciate that. I certainly do. Well, Patty knows me, uh, Debbie and Kristen don't, but they don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, and this is a doubleheader day. I have to mention, Patty, you're in a brand new time slot. You used to be on, I think, Thursday afternoon, and now we moved you to Wednesday afternoon, and your series, Changing the Game with HR, is sharing the time slot with two of our brand new series, Patty. One is about retail leaders and the other is about predictive machine learning, two topics we have never covered in series format on Game Changers Radio before. And I just want to do a shout out to our listeners around the world. There were almost 950,000 of you last year hearing us on the business channel on World Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. And we're grateful to you all for listening and appreciating how we bring authentic conversations with really smart thought leaders to your ears, however you're listening to us live, or click and play or download. So thank you to everyone. We're going to take a quick break. I am having water. I did have a little espresso about an hour ago, but I think the caffeine is wearing off. Patty, don't tell anybody at SAP. So I'm drinking water with a cool, clear mug. We're here in Durham, North Carolina, new home base. And we finally had rain yesterday after seven consecutive days of mid-90s temperature. And the plants were lying down on the ground and on my porch and saying, oh, I need a drink. I need a drink. But they weren't looking for fire whiskey. 
Debbie. So that wasn't what I fed them. It was just bottles and bottles of water and a lot of hose time. So we're going to take our quick break. 90 seconds. We'll be right back. You're listening to Changing the Game with HR Radio. Very important topic. We're talking about digitalization. I can pronounce that on HR. Who is leading the transformation? We'll be right back. Erin out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. From setting up the right structures, enabling technology, and compliant operations, to hiring, developing, and cultivating a culture of success, SAP Success Factors is excited to be your partner in redefining what human resources can deliver to business leaders. Changing the Game with HR brings you insights from the movers and shakers who are making this happen. We'll delve into global business challenges from the boardroom to the shop floor and learn what is working and what has to change, all to help you change HR from transactional to transformational. Tune in to the Business Channel to hear today's top human resources business and technology strategy thought leaders share expert insights on how human resources leaders are shaping the future of change for all of us. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Changing the Game with HR, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Changing the Game with HR. Yes, indeed. Season 3 debut here live June 27, 2018. Where is the year going? My special guests are Debbie Millen at Globalization Partners, Kristen Starodub at Deloitte Consulting, and Dr. Patty Fletcher at SAP Success Factors and the World. Okay, now we're, we're getting into our roundtable, even though we have been talking about the topic and that big word, digitalization and HR. So let's see what we're going to talk about from Debbie Millen's list. She told me the following before the show. She talks about empowering teams. She said, we are in an interesting space where our clients are actually HR teams. We've seen that systems allowing self-service access to digital information about their professionals around the world, all in one place, are in high demand and incredibly powerful. I think you're honing in on the definition of digitalization. Debbie, please tell us more. Sure. So absolutely. I think um, what we see, again, from HR teams all over the world is that they want to be able to access information themselves and to be able to service their own teams um, in in terms of their internal employees easily and having that information at their fingertips. So it really lets them be able to answer questions, whether it's from team members or from management, to be able to have a system that allows them to have a centralized repository and allow people access from around the world, because really we are getting to a remote workforce more and more each day. 
to be able to, you know, answer questions like how much have we paid for bonuses so far this year in this country or what's our, when is our new employee starting in Singapore, really using technology and digitalization to really help service the company as a whole and empowering that HR team to do so. Okay, thank you very much. Are, are people stumbling over that word? And our the rest of our topic is who's leading the transformation. So just before we bring in Kristen and Patty to comment on what you shared, Debbie, who is leading mm-hmm. the transformation? Is it coming from HR leadership? Is it coming from the groundswell from the so-called clients of HR who are the employees? Where is it coming from? I think it's coming from everywhere, quite frankly. Uh, it's just the way of the world. Um, and again, I think, I think Patty had said, you know, if you're, if you're not keeping up with different technology and really looking at digitalization in, in terms of across the entire company, either your company will not kind of make it through. Thank you very much. And companies do mm-hmm. want to make it through. So that's the goal. Let's bring in Kristen Stardub at Deloitte Consulting to comment on what Debbie shared. Kristen, go ahead. Absolutely. I would add on to what Debbie shared. Um, one of the, the trends that we explored in Deloitte's Human Capital Trends Report this year for 2018 was this notion of a hyper-connected workplace. So going beyond the technology just for HR to enable and digitize their own organization, new technologies are creating massive opportunities, but also creating unforeseen impacts that HR organizations as leaders in the company have to drive. And so new tools like collaboration um, and, and productivity really will reign over driving an organization. So this is an aspect of digitalization of HR, I think, that many organizations are just starting to tap into as they think about what tools can they bring to their HR organizations to provide productivity for that part of the company, but then also how does HR lead in in really embracing some of these other technologies and digital tools that all companies are going to start really seeing translate into organizational productivity if they can adapt their practices to capitalize on the power of these tools. Thank you very much. And we keep getting that word powerful in there. Patty Fletcher, love to get your thoughts. Yeah, so the the word productivity is critical. Um, We're moving away from role and task, right, which are very ERP and um, in in their their base and very traditional in terms of the thinking and moving to impact and outcome. So, and we're seeing lots of folks talk about, um, and Kristen, I don't know if you've actually seen it, I haven't, but um, seeing folks talk about, as an example, the org chart, which is very much based on position, right? And you hire your workforce, and yet what we're seeing around the globe, and certainly SAP success factors are seeing within its customer base, um, is that so many companies, 92% actually of leaders, see non-traditional labor, um, contingent staff, contractors, alumni, all that stuff, um, play a greater role. And so digitalization is allowing us um, to empower teams in different ways. First of all, moving from a very traditional org structure where everything is permanent and we go to matrix to networks of teams, right? So people that come in to solve this particular impact for a certain amount of time, and then they go disperse somewhere else and there are contractors, their payroll, it it doesn't matter. And the other piece, um, Kristen, I think it was you that said was the connective tissue. Everybody who does something for your organization is a brand representative. They need to feel that connective tissue, not only with each other, but also with the corporation and therefore with its customers. And so they need to not be doing certain things, right? So a lot of what Debbie talked about, we're seeing folks replaced with bots. 
Um, so to be able to, to give you that information, or maybe it's me putting in something around onboarding, right? I'm, I'm brought on to something. Um, a bot will come instead of HR having me to, to fill out some papers so I can focus in on mm-hmm. other value-based stuff. We're seeing a lot of those um, collaboration tools between managers and um, and the people who work for them, things around performance management and and um, uh, continuous performance management, right, where I'm in constant contact. Everything I do is about the impact I'm making in my development to get there right as I am doing it, right, as close to real time as possible versus that once a year thing where I feel a big disconnection between my relationship with my boss, my relationship with the company, the work I'm doing and how it fits into all of that. No, oh, by the way, am I developing or am I just doing a task? And those things are just no longer satisfactory. And so, you know, we all understand and every CEO gets on a stage and says their employers are their, their most important asset, which is one of my pet peeves because you don't own me and I'm not in your balance sheet. Um, so that's a challenge. But it's true, and it's not the individual. If we look at all the work we do, um, it is all about teams, and you need the technology beyond transaction to relationship building again with each other and with the organization and also to be able to reach out to people we don't know because we have common interests, they've done something before, um, and all of that, and that is HR's role, and that is a very different role from the traditional transactional um, that they still have to do as part of that orchestra piece. Thank you, Patty. Great topic that we started with Debbie Mill. And Debbie, I'm going to, to keep this moving because we don't have a lot of time left, I'm going to switch over to a topic in Kristen Stardub's list. Kristen, you have a couple of themes here. I'm going to read a little bit and ask you to comment. You say, technology alone does not translate to digital. It's a mindset shift, a focus on customer centricity and the application of advanced technology through the lens of a next generation business model to optimize the organization to deliver sustainable organizational performance. And then you also say, digital requires fully adopting a new approach. See differently, think differently, do differently. So can you give us a, give us a little more meat on the bones here in terms of what does this all mean to today's modern HR organization? Absolutely. I, I think uh, Patty touched on it when we started our first segment. When we looked back at the ERP world and, and we talked about HR transformation at that time, it was all about enabling tools and technologies just simply by taking the existing processes in many cases and putting them into a system. What we're talking about now with organizations and particularly HR as they talk about digitalization, it's not simply adding bots into uh, take over tasks and responsibilities. I firmly agree with Patty that that is the way in which we're moving, but it requires HR organizations to think about things differently and not just say, I'm going to replace a tool or a, a person and an activity with a bot or with a new piece of technology. It's really talking about what are those activities that can simply go away and what are the ones that are still meaningful for my organization. So in the future, the, the workforce, the, the human skill set that will still remain, it really will focus on, on those type of activities and, and those type of impacts um, that, that really require critical thinking skills or 
will require a human to employ empathy. Those um, things, the activities, those tasks that can be repeatable and predictable are ones that are well focused on on technology. But if, if we don't have organizations that can really make that distinction and start to uh, apply a sensing and a perceiving ability to the, the design that they're looking at as they think about digitalizing, then we're simply only moving forward down the same path we've always been on. We're not taking that next leap forward that this fourth industrial revolution will require. Thank you very much. Great insights. And I love the way you got the word empathy in there. Because when we talk about digitalization and tools and processes and going from transaction to a different level for HR's functioning, you don't often hear empathy. So I'm going to circle around the table. Thank you, Kristen. Patty Fletcher, briefly, thoughts on what Kristen shared? And if you could bring in some comments on empathy, and then we'll get Debbie's take. Go ahead, Patty. Um, so let's, let's, you, you talked about, when you said empathy, um, it was really around where are we going with the stuff HR is going to manage. HR will have robots working as them and for them. I have a slide that I have in my usual future of work slide deck. That's a picture of a robot with the caption, is this going to be my new boss? Mm. And 40 to 75 million jobs globally will be replaced by robots in 2025. So HR is not just managing human capital, but also AI and machine learning capital and they are not there yet, right? But yet they have to. Um, and it's really, really important, 64 to 81% of current work mm-hmm. replaced. So that's a big challenge. You can train a robot in two weeks to do something in, let's say, banking, where it takes a human far longer. Where the difference is and where empathy kind of ties into those is going back to it is no longer about how people interact with the machine, but instead how machine interacts with the people, which requires empathy, not I feel bad for you, right? Not the sympathy component, but I understand you, what motivates you, why why this human is here, because it's a creative job, because it's something that has very complex relationships or has unpredictability, like a lawyer or a plumber, right? Something happens, I need to be able to react to it, my machine might not have learned that. So those are fully critical. And so being able to to understand and empathize means that you then use that from a cognitive science perspective and build that into the machines. Make them fun, as I think Kristen, you had talked about, but also extremely important is make them essential. And that's where HR has its biggest opportunity. I think about how I use Google to make every single one of my decisions. I think about how I use Facebook to read most of my news, right? Those are Mm -hmm. essential now to my life and decision making. And that's the mindset that HR is slowly starting to adopt. This needs to be helpful in what they do, because the truth is, most HR tools that are out there are invasive. I use them only when I have to. Um, I work around them any way that I can. Digitalization replaces all of that. Thank you very much. Debbie Millen, love to get your thoughts. We're getting into some controversial areas here. Empathy, machines interacting yes, with humans. Well, back to Go ahead. some of Kristen's points, um, you know, the technology alone really doesn't translate just to digitalization. The technology is only as good as the information that is in it and how it is used. So in terms of, you know, taking that data and mining and analyzing it to use it to make decisions, that's still that human factor. And really, you know, I found as we're, you know, rolling out systems and helping people understand things as they shift, it really helps to have people understand why you are, how you're using that information and why it's important. 
Um, the other piece that Kristen touched on was, you know, just doing things differently. Things that worked six months ago may no longer be effective or applicable. So really looking at, you know, why are we doing that? And maybe it made a whole lot of sense, you know, six or 12 months ago, and it really doesn't make sense anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, change is hard, and changing people's jobs respo- responsibilities is also hard. So in terms of that empathy, you know, having these folks be part of the process and understand, and, you know, I think it was Patty who said, you know, make these tools essential, build them into their job, their jobs and make it something, have them be part of driving that instead of just saying, here's a tool, go use it. Thank you very much. I'm going to circle around to Patty. And Patty, I'm looking at your notes and there's something I don't think we've covered yet. Great conversation, by the way, that I know you're passionate about. Uh, besides your comments, creating a culture of learning, you want to talk about cloud technology. You say cloud technology is driving a new mandate for HR from the business when it comes to HCM technology, human capital management. It's no longer about adoption. That's an antiquated inside out viewpoint. Patty, how does the cloud figure into this? The cloud, so on-premise, right, you make very heavy investments. There are large capital expenditure investments, right? You need board approval. You don't have a lot of flexibility. You're usually customizing it. So your your strategy shifts, and we see the pace of complex change in our world, and we're not able to adapt to that. The way that we use talent, leverage talent, that's going to continue to change over God, the foreseeable future. The next thing is, Kristen, I think you touched on it in terms of um, the tools. We won't even recognize the tools three years from now. You can't do that and incorporate that and have that kind of agility and flexibility that digitalization requires and, and gives us the opportunity for unless you have cloud, right? It's, a, first of all, far, far less um, in terms of the, the implementation component, right, having it go live, but also far-reaching. So, Debbie, you had mentioned self-service. That's built in to a cloud solution. That's just kind of part of it, right? So not just HR, but HR's customers, um, whoever works for a company, being able to to access those tools wherever, whenever they need them. We know that something like 60% of all work is done on mobile applications or on a mobile phone. Um, so being able to, to get to that cloud is critical, but it's really about the agility, the flexibility, and the scale. And unless you have that, you might be out of business and not too long of a time. Interesting. Okay, thank you very much. Let's go around the table. Debbie, thoughts about this part of our discussion about globalization? We've now moved it into the cloud. What do you see, Debbie? Well, the cloud is just the norm in, in our world, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, the, to, to Patty's point, it is it is the way business is now done. Um, and again, I think it really enables, you know, you touched on learning a little bit. You know, my, my parents are both teachers. I'm a self-proclaimed nerd. For heaven's sakes, I just quoted Shakespeare in a business, you know, conversation. <laughs> um, and I really do feel like having that cloud capability allows, you know, additional learning, not only just in, you know, helping people learn more um, about their jobs and their job responsibilities, but also doing things like training online and, you know, in terms of management. And there's all sorts of tools available that really, uh, you know, that are cloud-based that allow your global workforce to then take advantage of those things. Thank you very much, Kristen at Deloitte. Kristen, talk to us. Absolutely. And I would just expand on what both Patty and Debbie had said. Um, Cloud is the, the baseline at this point. 
I think about technology is everywhere. With over two and a half billion smartphones in the world, and there's nine times more data available to organizations than there was two years ago. This is something that that organizations and HR in particular are going to have to embrace and keep up with the pace of change. And the only way to do that is to embrace technology like cloud technology. The the applications, like Patty said, that we have today are only going to continue to evolve. The number of new apps for, for mobile devices that comes out on a daily basis is something that we can't even consume as, as users today and will continue just to increase. So the technology we have now, we're not even able to consume and utilize to its fullest extent, and that's only going to continue exponentially. So in order to stay on top of this disruptive wave of innovation and pace of change, Organizations are absolutely going to have to embrace and adopt cloud technology on an ongoing basis and be prepared for the innovation cycles that will be driven out of the nature of those solutions. Thank you very much. Patty, good provocative topic. But, Patty, I want to just before we've got about a minute and a half till we go to our crystal ball predictions round, and I just want to cover one more point in your notes here, which I brushed over very fast a moment ago, creating a culture of learning. You say learning is no longer a top-down or luxury investment for the chosen few. A learning culture needs to live in and happen at every level in many forms, individual, peer-to-peer, socially informal and formal. We need to embrace a culture of learning because that is the impetus for innovating, creating, and learning from each other's efforts. How does that function with digitalization? Just quickly, Patty. Yeah, so if we, I'm going to do it to the HR because it's a far longer conversation in yep. terms of culture across the organization. So yes. we saw the CMO, right, go from being somebody who pays for advertisements on an airport um, poster or in a magazine to using digitalization, all of the info in there, the transactional, the personal, the sentiment, right, to be able to become the voice of the market. When it comes to, be, and that's, a, that's a learning approach, right, constantly adapting, being able to shift to address those and get those customers. It's the same opportunity for HR. Instead of being solution focused, which drives to transaction, they have the opportunity based on digitalization and all the data and sentiment around it to become the voice of the talent economy. And when you know that in the fourth industrial revolution, people make or break you, that is critical. That is how you outperform. But HR has to make it okay for everybody else by showing that culture of learning and adapting. Thank you. Very well put, as always. And, Patty, we're going to circle around to our first panelist, Debbie Millen. Debbie, I know you're ready. I can give you 60 seconds. We'd love you to look into the future in the crystal ball at Globalization Partners. And tell. And you could look in as far as, I don't know, 10 minutes after we're off the air, or let's say as far out as 2025. We don't want to go too much farther than that. Debbie, what will change significantly, dramatically, or at all about our topic, digitalization and HR? Please go 60 seconds. You're up. Okay, well, how about we stick with 2020, sort of in the middle? But um, I, like I foresee that, thank you, uh, managing a remote and global workforce becomes the new normal, and that digitalization will continue to grow really to enable that remote work, but the need for a human connection will also grow, and that needs to be led by HR to keep the human touch in every company. 
Thank you. You didn't even use your whole 60 seconds. You got anything else? <laughs> usually usually guests go, I give them 60 and they go for 180. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Very polite. Kristen Stardub at Deloitte Consulting. I'm ready for you. You can have 90 seconds because Debbie gave you back some of hers. Go ahead, Kristen. Excellent. Well, thank you for that, Debbie. You know, I think we truly are just on the tip of the sphere for digital transformation and, and where HR organizations are going to be going. And and the rise of this trend, the rise of this industrial revolution really will define success or for failure for companies. Organizations, HR needs to listen carefully to what the external environment is saying as well as their internal environment. They need to start by investing in broader social ecosystem and manage that, that rising change in workforce ecosystem that we've been touching on today with the growing population of contingent workers and freelancers and crowdsourcing influencing their organization's brand and what they must manage. But they also have to really start with their own employees. And as we've all touched on today, really embrace that their customer is the employee and that that different type of worker in the future. My prediction is if, if HR organizations don't embrace that now, they will quickly be left behind, which will then also influence the success of their organization as a whole. Thank you very much, Kristen. And Patty, I think she even paid forward a couple of seconds for you. So, Patty Fletcher, ooh, we've got a whole two minutes for you. Patty, and give me a prediction, please. I know. Give me a prediction, and then just tell us a little bit about how your book is being received by audiences around the world you're talking to. Go ahead, Patty. Two minutes, that's it. Tops, Um, go. Okay, all right. So I have way too many predictions, Um, but one of them is that HR, now with digitalization, especially the progressive HR departments, are going to be using that digitalization and the outcome and the insights from that to truly redesign their workforce. Things like um, what must be filled by a permanent person, right, someone on the payroll. What are those decisions that take one second or less and therefore should be done by a machine? Take a far more important role and critical role with IT and understanding what data do they need? And not just HR data, but commercial data because they are so impact-driven. That enables them to have that seat at the table to be that strategic one with all of their peers across functions and lines of business. Because right now, when you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And so it's incredibly important that impact that digitalization can have. The second thing, and I'm sorry to add a second prediction, um, actually I'm not, is about the middle manager. (laughs) We're seeing more and more focus because those are the people who control the majority of our people. So HR, as it continues down the road of what are the tools that are essential, is a continued focus with that middle manager, those people with unconscious biases, right, the ones who determine who stays and who goes because HR understands people don't leave a company, they leave a boss. So they really need to enable those folks. Um, so my book is doing really well. It's being received really well, um, much like I, I shared in, in the beginning. We're moving from from a business leader perspective, from this philanthropic pat myself on the back. I really care about the, the gender gap, right? I really care that according to the World Economic Forum, it's going to be another 217 years until we have parity among the genders not cool. Um, so we're moving from that philanthropic because of the, the economic impact, $18 trillion if women were just paid the same as men with the women just working today. That's more than the combined GDP of J- Japan, France, and the UK. Mm, so critically Patty, important. I need you to wrap. Quickly, give me a one okay. last sentence. 
One last sentence. The, you done? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Um, the one last thing is the media is moving from the why to the how. That is a huge tipping point. So very excited to be part of that conversation. Wonderful. And Patty, welcome back. I've missed you. You weren't on the first half of the year, but you're back in full force now. Can't wait for future episodes. You'll be on in this time slot every three or four weeks for most of the rest of the year. So welcome back. And thank you to Debbie Millen. And thank you to Kristen Stardub both for joining us here. We oh, Don't rush. Aaron says he's giving me an extra minute. Thank Thank you, Aaron. We love you, too. So we have just had a really exciting conversation. And no matter what size your company, your footprint, your maturity, where you are in the world or what you're doing, this is really important for you. Digitalization and HR, very, very critical topic. So thank you to our three excellent panelists for sharing your knowledge and your insights with us. So here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Debbie Millen and Globalization Partners, just like Kristen Starradub and Deloitte Consulting, and just like our own Dr. Patty Fletcher at SAP Success Factors. Bonnie DeGram signing off. I'll be back 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, Thursday, the whatever of 28th of June uh, with Think Big, Work Small, and we'll be talking about marketing toolkit for small to mid-sized businesses. You don't want to miss it. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with HR, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.